Research Podcast. We're here with Cameron, social uh, worker and a serial killer expert. He's done all uh, the research that is anyone would need with uh, about serial killers. So he's going to discuss some serial killing with us. You're not a serial killer yourself, though. I mean, I've dabbled, but I definitely can't say that I would consider myself a professional, you know. Yeah, there, there's something about cutting a girl's skull off and fucking it that really does, you know, it feeds into a little bit of something, but, you know, I feel like that's for the younger men. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I can appreciate that. Uh, so when it comes to um, serial killers, let's just talk about the top five most well-known serial killers. And you've dabbled, you've, as we all have. Yeah. yeah. We've all had our little, our, our little uh, sense of serial killing. You know, top five. That's a really that's that's a strong one because you know I sit in the camp that what really makes a serial killer a serial killer. What really makes them impressive is the body count or is it style? I kind of feel it's style, and that's why my serial killing um, profession never really took off. I had I didn't have a good style. No, no. Yeah, no. So you know, like. You know, you have your process, your product killers. I really feel like product killers kind of take the, they really take the, the reins on this one. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you have your Jeffrey Dahmer. I would say he's in the top five. Yeah, so let's talk about Jeffrey Dahmer and his method. So Jeffrey Dahmer was very interesting because, you know, he was really into uh, resurrection, necromancy, things like that. You know, he wanted to make a human zombie. Yeah. You know, so you could have like a constant fuck slave that was dead but also alive. And I respect that a lot actually. You know, I've considered buying a my pillow myself. Um but realistically he's he's a little boring in the sense that like well that's all you want? Yeah. You know, like recently I heard about some other characters that were like cutting off people's tits and like turning them into molds and I thought that that was way more efficient mm-hmm. so like you know but then you also have pure hatred you know some some of them really do just like feel anger and really push the fucking letter so I'd say a Carl Panzram okay you know, the amount of rage and hostility just towards everything in his life I think that that really makes him one of the top five because He's not only going out and killing because mm-hmm. he needs to kill. He's going out and killing because he fucking hates you. Yeah. You're you're just the worst. So you, you shouldn't be here. So he will just walk down the street and see someone and just want, hey, I'm gonna fucking kill that guy. Yeah. And that's a, that's a kind of an original uh, mind mindscape to have as a serial killer because most serial killers like they use occultism or they use like their sexual repression yeah and not just a natural hatred for other people oh yeah and like it even shows you know when he he gets into prison you know he just gets ripped as shit because he's angry Mm -hmm. he doesn't care he like he's into the sex bit you know Mm -hmm. he fucks his victims but like really it's not about getting off for him it's about expression you know and that's punk as fuck that is. Uh, that's why I think Americans have a weird fascination with serial killers because there is a lot of repressed rage for mm-hmm. the average American. And you, being a Canadian, 
um, might have this uh, different perspective. So let's talk about someone like Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, who was a self-proclaimed Satanist, but actually just was uh, using that as a shock. Now, I'm going to have to ask a question really quickly. Now, Richard Ramirez... Is it Richard Ramirez or Richard Chase that's the vampire? Uh, I don't know. I think it's Richard Chase. Richard Ramirez. Sorry, ask that question again. Um, he was the Night Stalker. Mm-hmm. He was a Satanist. Mm-hmm. But I feel that he wasn't a natural Satanist. He used it mostly as shock value. Yeah. Once he was caught. Yeah, I would say that that's pretty valid. You know, because most practicing Satanists are actually, like, aware that Satanism is supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, most practicing Satanists have read Anton LaVey's thing. Even though, you know, it, it's purely egotistical, which kind of lines up, but at the same time, it says, you know, things like hurting other people is wrong. And, you know, uh, having sex with children is wrong. Or, you know, things like that. Yeah, breaking like, into someone's house in the middle of the night. And yeah, respecting other people. Raping them and then huge. killing them in the most brutal way possible. Uh, Might not be Satanist. It, no. uh, I mean, like, sure, if you want to look at, like, Alistair Crowley's version of Satanism, mm-hmm. where it's, like, all really about him getting off and having a good time. He was sure. more into, like, sex magic. He was more into sex. Yeah. Like, all of his... <laughs> Alistair Crowley, all of his rituals were based on fucking. Yeah. And that, that doesn't really make a really good serial killer. No. Because he's not killing any of his victims. He's just fucking. Yeah. Let's talk about John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne... The original Juggalo, as you put it. Yes, the original Juggalo. What's interesting about him is you can really trace, like, people like Shaggy Too Dope. Mm-hmm. You know, they definitely draw inspiration from him. He's one of the first insane clown Person. posse. Yeah, okay. You know? He really built the posse. Yeah. By being an insane clown. What also intrigues me about him is just the sheer number of boys that he could fit in his walls. Yeah, he he, and in in his crawl space, in his walls, in his attic, in his floorboards, in his floorboards, um, in his neighbor's backyard. Yeah, he he has to be kind of really creative. Yeah, he honestly, I would put him at number one. The reason for that is because, well, he didn't do it. For a good reason. Like, he really didn't have a good reason. He, the first guy that he killed was, according to him, an accident. And then when he did that, he came. Oh. But what it ended up, I don't know if you're aware of the story of the first man that he killed, but he was, you know, after a party, his wife wasn't home, obviously. The boy was there and he was in the kitchen cooking some breakfast for John. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came up the knife and was like, John, I made you I made you breakfast. And he just grabbed the knife and killed him because he thought that he was coming at him. But that made him come. Like just the act of stabbing the man alone mm-hmm. made him come. And that's really interesting to me because, you know, for a lot of these people, it's not just the act, like, the, the, the stab that makes you come. It's, like, the whole aggression behind it and, like, all of these other factors. But he's just like, no. 
I just, I just really like it when a boy that I've had sex with is dead afterwards. And that's, I, I, that's, that's just intriguing. You yeah, know? that's powerful. That's that's a statement. That's more than just saying, you know, I'm angry at the world, so I'm gonna come. It's. <laughs> It's it's just so complex. It's an addiction that he has to feed. He's like, he's gone through boys like cigarettes. Yeah. And he's just dabbing them and putting them in his walls. He's not doing anything with them. He's just letting them rot. So that's different than uh, a Jeffrey Dahmer yeah. who Jeffrey Dahmer ate, ate his victims. Yeah, and he, he, wanted, had... he wanted you to stay around for as long as possible. So if he could eat your corpse and you could become a part of him, you know? Yeah. But with John, it wasn't really about the memories. It was about just keeping on, keeping on, keep on, keeping keep on. on going, keep on going forward. You know, here's a boy, there's a boy, everywhere's a boy, boy. But with Jeffrey, you know, he just wanted one. He just was lonely. He just was lonely, and you know what? God bless his soul. <laughs> uh, let's talk about someone like Ted Bundy, who was focused on females, unlike Jeffrey Dahmer and John Wagesi, who wanted to uh, basically kill their male lovers whenever they were done with them. He actively went out and found female victims. I would say he was one of the first incels. Yeah. Okay. So he was just a a self-loathing in his killing. He's got a lot of self-loathing. It had a lot to do with his ego. Well, his perception on women was a reflection of his perception on himself. Mm -hmm. And so... He's looking for, you know, only the most attractive woman, quote unquote, parentheses, um, because he needs he needs something that like is reflective of what is the best possible future for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't want, as he would put it, he wouldn't have killed certain people because they weren't his type. Right? Oh. So, and he did say that in courtrooms, you know. Uh, I wouldn't have killed you because you're too ugly. Yeah. Yeah. And he was almost an elitist. He's an extreme elitist. He's kind of he's kind of boring, honestly, when you think about him, because he's really just like a violent incel. Mm-hmm. Like he's an incel that got to have any form of authority, and then misused that authority. And he was snaky. Mm-hmm. He's very. He was full of lies. Manipulative. He, he wasn't an honest serial killer like Panzram, where he he's like, I'm angry. Yeah. I'm coming for you. He had to go and be like, I'm gonna pretend to be a cop. You know, it's like, what what, what even is that? I don't know. I don't That's, like it. It's lazy writing. Is yeah. What it is. You know. It's like it's like you're watching Friends when you really want to be watching The Sopranos. And how dare you be that charming? Yeah. And be that evil. So let's talk about the son of Sam, David Berkowitz. I love him. He is great. The wicked king of wicker. Yeah. So he was guided by a thousand-year-old dog that told him to go out and start killing people. Yes. And that's a great backstory. It is. If you except get for people, he has a lot more backstories than that. <laughs> if you get people to, to, to believe that and then let you off, like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I really think that, you know, he could have gone with the, um, he, I feel like he should have won an insanity plea. Although, you know, later on, it also seems like the dog thing might have been a lie. Yeah. Which is problematic, because then you just, 
to have to realize that he just also hated women. Yeah, he wanted to go out and kill people, and he blamed it on a Satan dog. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he really just wanted to go out. Because I can just go out and blame all my vices on a Satan dog if he I wanted, wanted to. He wanted to be famous. Yeah. He, he wrote into the news constantly. Mm-hmm. He gave them, like, the Wicked King of Wicker. That name comes from a letter that he sent to a news agency saying, Hey, man, here's a list of names that you can give me. But they chose Son of Sam because yeah. the dog's name was Sam. Yes. Son of Sam was the the final name. What was interesting is I was I believe I was reading articles before where um, people were talking about the possibility that it was more than one person that they were the sons of Sam. Yeah. Okay. Which was very. I just thought that was interesting because you know the amount of sheer madness in that one man. You really could spread it between other people, and it would. It would still work. It still works. It's I a good. It's, it's a, a good, cult. Yeah, know? it's a good like cult that. story. Yeah, that's a. That's a little bit more interesting to me than just one guy because there's like twelve dudes that are all like sacrificing people for this dog god. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a story. So that's, that's better. A scoop. That's better than Richard Ramirez is just claiming Satanism without actually being a Satanist. But these guys were. I think it was Richard Chase was very interesting to me because he legitimately thought he was a vampire. Okay. And what he at one point he like was drinking squirrel blood. Oh wow. And he thought that one of the squirrels had eaten a battery. And that's dedication to a craft. That's that's dedication to insanity, I feel. Because <laughs> like, you know, what really makes a serial killer that's insane interesting is that dedication to their insanity. Mm-hmm. He injected himself with vials of squirrel blood and then had to go and get more blood because he thought that one of the squirrels ate a battery and that he was going to be infected with battery. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's really interesting. He, he was absolutely tripping shit. You know, uh, I, I hate to bring up this guy, but uh, he he makes me he makes me think of uh, Joseph Callender. He's not a real serial killer, but similar enough where it's like, man, you're just absolutely insane. <laughs> and this is delightful because that's a story arc, you know? Yeah. This guy loses his mind. I think it was Richard Chase was the one. Yeah, because he thought he was a vampire. He wouldn't go into your house unless the door was unlocked. Oh. That was his whole bit. Like, yeah. unless he felt like you were welcoming him in, he wouldn't serial kill you. That takes dedication that to the craft. That takes a lot of dedication. He yeah. takes himself seriously, you know? Yeah. He, he's insane. Mm-hmm. But to a point where he's not just insane, but he's also a, a sort of paragon of his craft, you know? He knows that what he's supposed to do is follow these rules in order to commit his killings. Yeah, because he's... And he sticks In his mind, he's a vampire. Yeah. And vampire law dictates, I can't go in your house if the door is locked. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I respect a Richard Chase. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting Despite point. the murder rapes and that. Yeah. Well, the crimes are horrific. The crimes themselves. And, and, and you and I... The both, logic behind it is... Yeah, really we both dabbled. We both dabbled oh, into yeah. serial killing. Who hasn't Listen, these days? Man, you know, sometimes you're, you're you got to tie up a girl under the bridge and, you know, just see what happens. Yeah, it's like... 
Sometimes you don't know where this is going to go. Limbs afterwards. You, you don't, don't know. know where this is going to go. You but know? you know that you're going to have a good time. Yeah. So, but um, maybe the dedication to the craft is what sets um, the amateur apart from the professional. Maybe that's what that's what we could take away with. Um, I think so. Yes, because I think Ted Bundy really was an amateur. Yeah. He was kind of a loser. Like every part of him just makes me go, man. You couldn't do better. You couldn't do better. Like you couldn't like try a little bit harder. A little harder. Like I get you ran out of jail. You so, escaped jail. Ooh, let, big whoop. You let's talk like, about someone like Charles Manson, who's not a serial killer, but he gets lumped in with those groups. Well, he's more of a cult leader than anything else that was responsible for some horrific crimes. And do you think that him getting lumped in to the serial killing kind of uh, progeny is kind of an affront? A little bit, honestly. Well, because there's a whole lot of debate over whether or not he ever killed a single person. Which means, well, hey, right there, like, no, he's not a serial killer. Yeah. But then, you also have, you know, all the evidence of all the all of his followers killing people and really I mean that's a cult. It's 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 religion, you know. Have you heard of the Crusades? Yeah. Right. They, they killed millions of people. Killing people because of what you believe in. Mm-hmm. You know? They only killed a few people. Realistically, I would say that the Manson family is actually less dangerous than Christianity. That well if you put it to a body count, that's definitely true. Yeah. So um, we bring up David Berkowitz and his sons of Sam, and that's a cult. And but he actually went out and killed the people. Yeah. Whereas Charles Manson just had people doing things in his name, so he thought he was more of a Christ-like figure. Right, and and the amount of like direct influence over their actions is questionable as well. Mm-hmm. Like whether or not they just chose to do this because it was super crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're fucked up on drugs, possibly. Yeah, I mean, LSD will do a lot to you if you're not set and setting, my friends. So, (laughs) um, and then, uh, so we've discussed a few more renowned serial killers, but let's talk about uh, mass shootings. Do you think it's like a body count, and or opposed to like getting it all done at once? What's the process? What's the thinking there with mass shooting? That's interesting. So, I think mass shootings are about the body count. Like, you're really going for as many deaths as possible, if not injuries, right? But you <laughs> want to go for those deaths. Those are 100-point scores, right? Yeah. As if I was to murder a lot of people... And we've dabbled. I've dabbled, definitely. <laughs> if I was going to really take it seriously and kill a lot of people, you know, I would want to go for as many people as possible. You know, you don't, you don't like call like a spree killer or a mass mm. murderer. You know, you don't throw out that name on like, I don't know, Ted Bundy. No, right? You you throw that name around for like actual people that are walking through the street with like an AR-15 and Mm -hmm. just being like, I'm going to pop off as many shots as possible. And you don't really remember their names. You just remember the event. Sort of, yeah. I mean, yes and no. I will never forget the name Dylan Roof, but that's mainly because I have been told a number of times that I resemble him. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. You might... You might, uh... 
That's why you dabble. That's why I dabble, you know. <laughs> I would say it's in my blood. So, because um, we know the event that happened in Las Vegas with the shooter uh, gunning down all those people at the country concert. Yeah, rookie numbers, by the way. Yeah, rookie numbers. But we also don't remember his name. We just remember the event. It's true. And then Columbine, we don't know the people, uh, the name of the person from Columbine, really. We just know it as Columbine when, it's, when someone says that like oh the mass shooting at the high school or Sandy Hook you know you don't or we think of Foster the People yeah Foster the People which I'm, I'm sure they're murderers as well um, let's and then we think about Sandy Hook when that's a horrific event but you just remember the event and you don't remember act, the actual person that was uh, responsible for the event well Dylan Roof Dylan Roof okay. that was Sandy Hook that was Sandy Hook yes. okay <laughs> So that's, that's the guy that I've been told I look like. Okay, so yeah, so then, but that's that just goes that just goes to my point where you can know the event and maybe not know the name, and then even if you know the name and apply it to the event, that uh, gives some sort of um, credence to the killing. And what's really interesting too is you can look at all of these mass shootings. In almost every scenario, it's mental illness. It's not. There's no outside influence whatsoever, mm -hmm. and people don't really understand that. With the uh, Columbine shootings, actually, one of the kids had a book. It was a diary that he had written. They called the Book of God, and it was about himself. Mm. Right. So, like, that's like already. That's before anything that happened. He thought that he was God. Mm -hmm. Right. So, like. All this shit about Marilyn Manson, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of thrown out the window when you look at the fact that this guy is literally writing in a book. I think I am God, and mm -hmm. I'm going to go and kill these kids. Yeah. This has really been an interesting conversation about um, serial killers, the cult, and mass shootings. Um, in closing, as we're winding down here in this conversation, what do you think... Uh, the average person should be aware of when they interact with maybe someone they might consider a serial killer like yourself mm. I would say look for the signs you know a lot of serial killers seem to have these like really spaced out eyes mm -hmm. like in a really like their eyeballs don't look right do they have if dead eyes? If you know someone that it's not about having dead eyes mm -hmm. it's about just like the placement if you know someone that's eyes are just kind of placed a little off, they're probably a serial killer. You should be wary. Or if, you know, they say something to you like, I might go kill someone today. I might go kill someone today. That was a really big <laughs> thing with Ed Gein. Mm -hmm. Ed Gein, yeah. Was he was constantly making jokes about what he was actually doing. Yeah. Like, he was... He would talk to the town sheriff and he'd be like, what you doing tonight, Eddie? He'd be like, ah, I'm just skinning a lady. <laughs> skinning a lady. And they'd be like, ah. <laughs> oh, Ed Gein in your ovary jokes. Yeah. But he was, he was actually skinning, was skinning, skinning a lady, lady and taking yeah. her taking out her ovaries and wearing them as a mask. You know, if, if someone is doing those activities, they really are red flags. I mean, the biggest red flag for me, if you are a serial killer, mm -hmm. Is if when you're talking to me, your eyes roll a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 sort of a tell because it's like a lizard man. You yeah, know? but there's no lizard. It's just evil.